0: A team that I go to war with any, any day, uh, there's no quit in this locker room, clawing tooth and nail until it's over. I think that just speaks a lot about these guys in this locker
1: room, t- tuning out the noise and just getting away.
2: This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks, the Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills.
3: show is going to be great. Uh, it's going to fly by because we have three, four jam-packed sports days to talk about. We only have two hours to do it. Talk college football playoff. Talk about the Badgers and the ReliQuest Bowl yesterday. Oh yeah, the Packers went up to U.S. Bank and blew out the Vikings and are now on a very similar trajectory as last year. You win in the final week of the season and you're in. The game is at Lambeau. It'll be under the lights. It'll be great. A lot to talk about. One thing we're not going to talk about. But I feel compelled to mention here: the Detroit Pistons ended a 28-game losing streak over the weekend. Okay, for reference, and I saw this in a couple spots, but I think this is correct. Until a couple of nights ago, the Arizona Diamondbacks had won a game more recently than the than the Detroit Pistons. Like it is bad, right? And the bummer is the really the really disappointing, the really sad part about the Pistons breaking their streak I believe they did it on Saturday night is that they did it on Saturday night when there was an NFL game going on when there was college football games coming up uh when we had a Packer game like I wish the Pistons would have broken that streak on like a Wednesday night in the middle of the week because it didn't it didn't get any run right we don't need a good NBA story on a weekend in January we need we needed the Pistons. We needed that story on like a Tuesday night, Wednesday night in January when we're starved for content. So that was that was the one bone that I had to pick with this weekend. It was an awesome sports weekend, but I was bummed that the Pistons ended their streak on what might be the, the busiest, at least. You We could argue what, what the best sports week or sports weekend is. But New Year's weekend is, is certainly one of the busier sports weekend. And the Pistons... We couldn't talk about them. We couldn't have any fun with them almost losing 30 games in a row because it was over <laughs> overshadowed by everything else. I wish that would have happened on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. Then we could have gotten some jokes and some tweets off, but instead it was buried during a football game. Bummer. All right. That's all we're going to talk about because they're buried because we have bigger, better things to discuss. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Happy New Year. It's the last time I'm going to say it uh, because I watch a lot of Curb Your Enthusiasm and I walk around my day to day life thinking all the time. It's like, well, what would Larry David? Because I think Larry David is just a very reasonable, a very real world person. Now he's richer than us. He doesn't really live in the. I don't mean real world in that sense, but like we do all these these isms, these uh, these these polite things to our lives. And what I don't want to be is that guy who wishes people a happy New Year like a week and a half after it happens. So happy New Year! I hope your 2024 is going great so far. Last time I checked. Oh, we don't have any big natural disasters. We don't have a tragic celebrity death. It's not like Tom Hanks kicked the bucket on the first day of the new year, uh, setting our year up poorly. So I'll knock on wood as I say that, but I think this year uh, has been okay so far. So I hope you enjoyed the long holiday weekend. Kind of brutal coming back to work today, right? Because we had a three-day work week last week. If you took an extra day off around Christmas, if you get New Year's off, which I know a lot of people do, uh, then this weekend was a three-day weekend. And now it's what are we waiting for now? President's Day? Ain't nobody getting off for President's Day. What's the honest-to-goodness Memorial Day? We got a... All right. I just need something on the horizon. A short work week somewhere. <laughs> Spring break? Something to look forward to. Uh, but genuinely, and for the last time, Happy New Year. I hope your New Year holiday was great. and New Year is off to a great start. Plenty to talk about tonight. We'll also talk with Mike Clemens coming up at 5.30. He was at U.S. Bank. He was up in the cities, which is just... I, I, just a bear of a drive. I mean, you're just covering a lot of ground going from Green Bay or from Milwaukee all the way across the state of Wisconsin. 94 the whole way if you're going from Milwaukee, but from Green Bay, ooh, I don't even want to think about that drive. So maybe we'll have to talk about that with Mike. Mike will not want to talk about highways or driving or exits along 94. I could spend a whole 20 minutes talking about that, but Mike will actually bring serious football discussions to the show. We'll do that at 5:30. I want to take your calls on everything that you watched and everything you want to talk about from the weekend. Uh, We'll do that coming up here in about 15 minutes. I'm on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. If you want to tweet along, send me a message, send me a tweet during the show. That's another really easy way to participate. So, for the second straight week, we've had a little bit of a waiting period to talk about our Packers, right? Because last week, they beat Carolina on Sunday, and then Monday was Christmas, and then Tuesday was the 26th, and I don't like working on the 26th. I mean, Jesus was just born. I'm not working on the 26th, so I took Tuesday off, and then we didn't talk about the game until Wednesday, so we had a little bit of a, a period to think and to stew. And then this week, Packers win Sunday night. Yesterday, we didn't talk. It was a lot of college football. We just kind of hung out on New Year's Eve. So we had another little bit of a waiting period, some time to stew on this win. And yesterday, I'm watching playoff games later in the day. So the Rose Bowl and then the Sugar Bowl in the evening. And because the commercial breaks are like eight minutes long, in between plays or in between drives, I'm watching Packer content. I'm consuming Packer content, uh, whether it's like local Packer content, like Bill's got the Greening and post postgame show. Every once in a while, check out an Andy Herman live stream. He's awesome. He, he's very generous with his time when he comes on with us. I really like his work. Pete Bukowski, right? Aaron Nagler, Cheesehead TV, Packer content. I'm just consuming because the Packers won. And then some national stuff too. Like I listened to Colin Coward's podcast and, you know, some folks that were actually on the air yesterday on New Year's Day. I was not uh, people uh, much higher level broadcasting than me. Lots of praise for Jordan Love, understandably so, and a lot of praise for the Packers and their process of drafting and developing quarterbacks, and that's actually where I want to start tonight, because I think as the show goes along, we're going to talk on the phone, we're going to read tweets, and we're going to go back and forth talking about this play and this player, and, and we'll get into the dirty details of Sunday's game as the show goes along, just naturally. That's kind of how the show works the day after, or in this case, you know, two days after a game. But I want to start big picture because I heard Colin Coward talking about this. I heard a lot of big national sports talkers talking about this. It's like, hey, you got to give it up to Green Bay. They're a little weird. They're a little old-fashioned. They're a little against the grain. They do things differently, but it's getting really hard to argue with the results. It's getting really hard to argue that Green Bay doesn't know what they're doing. They went from Favre, to Rodgers, but it's not like they had the first overall pick. They didn't go from Manning to Luck in that sense, where they tanked for a year and then just happened to luck out. They were lucky in that Rodgers fell to them, but that wasn't a popular pick. Then he sat there for three years and it was awkward and it was uncomfortable. And then the same thing with Rodgers. They dropped Jordan Love and it's like, what's this guy's deal? They traded up for him. That really makes sense. Rodgers is upset. Jordan Love's probably not thrilled behind the scenes either. He wants to play. So there's that struggle. And then Jordan Love struggles a little bit earlier in the year. Now that we have a big enough sample size, oh my God, zoom out. We actually have a nice sample of games. Okay, we're starting to get a picture of Jordan Love, at least in his first year as a starter. And it's pretty good. And it's getting hard to argue with the way that the Packers do their business, drafting and developing quarterbacks. So I've been listening to a lot of national talkers talk about this. I don't think that the Packers have some secret recipe for drafting and developing quarterbacks. But they have a recipe, right? I don't think the Packers have some sort of secret sauce or secret game plan for developing quarterbacks, But they have a sauce. They have a plan. right? Think of all the teams that live perpetually in the uh, kind of the fifth pick through the 15th pick range, never high enough to get the the easy, can't-miss quarterback, kind of living in that gray area, the middle ground, always without a QB always looking for a QB, sometimes drafting, sometimes bringing in a guy, sometimes elevating a backup who's shown some moxie. Teams like the Browns and the Panthers and the Bears, the Saints, the Giants, uh, the R-Words turned football team turned commanders, doesn't matter, none of them had quarterbacks. The Broncos, the Raiders, the Jets, the Colts, on and on and on. There's so many of these teams that live in that kind of 5 to 15 range and they're just perpetually looking for a quarterback. And they all follow This same clunky, dysfunctional, messy process of, well, this guy's going to fall kind of in our range. We'll take him and we'll cross our fingers and hope that he's just awesome. And if he's not, uh, we'll fire the coach and see if that fixes it. And if that doesn't fix it, then we'll move on and we'll try again and we'll just repeat over and over and over. And hmm, I wonder why all these teams can't figure out the quarterback position. Right? They treat quarterback like it's a lottery ticket. Well, this year we'll buy one and we'll see how it goes. And if it doesn't work, well, I guess we'll fire our coach then. And, you know, if that goes poorly, we'll probably fire the coach and the GM and then we'll start all over and we'll uh, draft another quarterback and close our eyes and cross our fingers in hopes that he's Patrick Mahomes. Well, of course, these teams can't figure out quarterback because that process that I just outlined to you is insane. It's nuts. It's nuts. It's the most important position in professional sports and to take a shotgun, you know, ready fire aim approach and then just hope that it works. Maybe the football gods will smile on us. If you are hoping that God's going to throw you a bone in any part of life in your finances and you're like, well, I hope this works out. It's probably not going to work out. Okay. I don't think Jordan Love is Patrick Mahomes. Okay. I think Jordan Love is good. I think maybe he has a chance to be great. I don't know what level of great. I don't know, but I know that he's good, okay? I don't think Matt LaFleur is Vince Lombardi. I really like Matt LaFleur, but I don't think he's some all-time offensive whisperer, quarterback guru, and I don't think Tom Clements is some secret genius that has the secret sauce to quarterback. I don't think Ron Wolfe and Ted Thompson and Brian Gutekinds, I don't think that these guys are all visionaries and soothsayers and geniuses. I just think that in every quarterback situation for the last 30 to 40 years, there was a clear plan from the top all the way down, and everyone stuck to it. The GM said, here's our guy. We are going to take him. Then we're going to pass him along to our coaching staff. Their plan is we are going to be patient and develop them. We're going to take our time. This is the plan from... Owner slash president, down to GM, down to head coach, down to quarterback coach, down to assistant coaches. It's understood top to bottom. This is our plan. We're sticking to it. Right? In theory, I know people don't like hearing this. I don't like hearing this. In theory, life is a lot easier than we make it out to be. Okay. it doesn't matter what part of your life we're talking about, Uh, budgeting your finances. If we're talking about exercising and working out, dieting and eating healthy, all these things that we struggle with in life. These things actually aren't that hard in theory. They're pretty easy, right? Managing money isn't hard. You just got to spend less than you make and you got to stay organized and you got to stay disciplined, right? It's not it's not the understanding of money that trips people up. It's it's that people don't want to be disciplined and they don't want to actually follow the, the very simple plan that they've laid out on how to handle their money, right? Exercising. Oh, it's, it's hard to be in shape, right? It's hard to lose weight. It's, it's hard. Well, it is hard, but it's not hard in theory, right? You don't need to hire a personal trainer for thousands of dollars a month to tell you, hey, lift this way, and then do this workout, and today we're going to do legs, and today we're going to do back, and, and then we're going to go in the pool, and we're going to use this special equipment that only I understand. No, no, no. Walk on a treadmill. Go for a run. Go for a swim. Go for a bike ride. Working out is not hard in theory. The hard part is doing it every day, forcing yourself to get up early if that's what it takes to actually go to the gym and simply walk on a treadmill for 20 minutes. Theory is not hard. Executing, that's what trips people up. Diet, right? There's lots of good diets. I I think if if you were trying to lose weight, you could probably pick five or six diets. They all probably work just fine. You know, we're going to go keto or I'm going to go vegetarian or I'm only going to eat me. There's a diet that probably works for everyone Dieting, in theory, is not hard. It's about sticking to the diet. It's about executing, right? Life is a lot easier than we make it out to be. In theory, life is pretty easy. The hard part is executing and staying disciplined and sticking to the plan that you've outlined for yourself. The Packers don't treat quarterback like a lottery ticket. They have a plan. They have clear communication from the top down. This is what we are going to do. This is how we are going to develop him. This is how much time we're going to invest. And then when the time comes, we're going to do this, that, and the other thing. There's a clear, concise plan, and the Packers stick to it. The Packers don't treat the quarterback position like a lottery ticket. And as a result, unlike a lot of teams in the NFL... They make their own quarterback luck. They're making their own quarterback luck right now. Again, just like they made their own luck with Favre, just like they made their own luck with Rodgers. You treat your quarterback like it's just a lottery ticket. You draft one, you close your eyes, you cross your fingers. It's probably not going to work out. Right? And I, and I don't think that Brian Goodenkins is a bad GM. I don't think Matt LaFleur is a bad head coach. I don't think Jordan Love is a bad quarterback. No, I, th- I think all of them are very, very good. But it's not that the Packers have some secret sexy sauce. To make this work. It's not that they have some secret plan. It's that they have a plan. And they stick to it. And that's a lot more than you can say. About the Browns. The Panthers. The Bears. The Saints. The Giants. The Commanders. The Broncos. The Raiders. The Jets. The Colts. All these teams. That every couple of years. Are just consistently. Let's try another one. Let's try another one. Let's try another. And you're just closing your eyes. And crossing your fingers. Praying that he's the next Patrick Mahomes. Well you might luck into Patrick Mahomes. Maybe you should put a little bit more thought into it right maybe 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 you should be a little bit more disciplined in how you draft and develop your quarterbacks because Green Bay I they don't treat the quarterback position like it's like it's luck they don't treat it well it's not it's not just close your eyes pick one and hope you get lucky it's it's a little bit more than that and the Packers have proven that they have a pretty good system and they stick to it they're committed to it. It would have been very easy for them to trade off Jordan Love for spare parts when Aaron Rodgers was around. It would have been very easy to just wait until Rodgers was gone to draft a quarterback. And as a fan, maybe part of me in the moment would have liked that more, but that's why I don't run the team. I'm a very hands-off owner. As I say all the time, I step back and let football people make decisions and no better football person than one of my fellow UW lacrosse Eagles, Joe Gowt. No, not Joe Gowt. Brian Gudikins. <laughs> would Brian Gutikins lose his job if the Packers realized that he was partaking in adult films? Not something I've thought about until now. In conclusion, we'll take a break and we can talk more about the specifics of Packers-Vikings and and what we saw from, from a lot of the, the players involved that had good performances. But in conclusion, what I'm trying to say, the Packers don't have a special sauce. They just have sauce, right? And what I've realized is the, the Packers, <laughs> they it's not that the Packers are amazing, it's just that a, a lot of the rest of the league absolutely sucks at this. That's what I'm realizing because the Packers are making this look pretty easy again. And I don't think the Packers are some geniuses that have unlocked the secrets of quarterback. I think a lot of the league has just ran very, very poorly and very, very stupidly. The Packers don't treat their quarterback. Like it's a lottery ticket. And as a result, they're making their own quarterback luck again, 608 321 Let's take a three minute break. We'll come back. I want to talk more specifically about Packers Vikings. Some of the plays, some of the players that really stood out in a really fun game on Sunday night. It's the Wisco sports show. And we're back in three minutes.
2: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
3: Wisco Sports Show, appreciate you listening, and happy New Year again. This is the last day we're going to say it. After today, mm-mm, we're done. I hope you're hope you're 2024 this is off to a good start. The Packers are 2-0. I guess that win took place on New Year's Eve, and it was done before midnight. But spiritually, felt like that Packers win over the Vikings part of the new year. A really fun win. And I just began the show by talking a little bit about the Packers, it would seem, nailing their third straight quarterback selection. Favre, then Rodgers, now Jordan Love. And, you know, I... I listen to all these national talkers, you know, Colin Cowherd and people on TV, people on the radio who don't cover the Packers closely, but have talked about the Packers this year and the succession to Jordan Love. And It's like, man, they did it again. How did they do it again? I don't know. Maybe by having a little common sense, like, oh, Aaron Rodgers is nearing the end of the road. Let's get someone in here. And we'll teach him the offense. We'll bring him along slowly. And then when it's time for him to play, he'll have an offensive minded head coach, a coach with lots of job stability, a a GM with lots of job stability, and, and we'll be a little tough because of the salary cap, like we can't go out and get him a lot of veterans, but we'll draft him a slew of young playmakers. Some of them at least will hit two tight ends, couple wide receivers. Now, I don't think Goody thought that they would all hit like this. But the Packers, the support system that they have built around Jordan Love and the way that they've handled this, you don't have to be a genius to pull this off. I think the Packers succeeding with what appears to be a third straight quarterback, I think that says more about the rest of the league being incompetent than it does about the Packers. Like, sorry, the Packers have a plan with their quarterbacks, and they don't treat the selection of a quarterback in the draft like a lottery ticket where you close your eyes and cross your fingers. It's like, you make your own luck to some degree, and the Packers have done that again. Oh my God, and it's working! It's like there's no secret sauce here. This is common sense. It's not Packers fans and owners like myself. It's not our fault. The rest of the league is so damn stupid. It's like we're gonna start Sam Howell, fifth rounder. Okay, well, good, good luck. Uh, we'll start Taylor Heineke. Okay, okay, it's your funeral. How do the Packers keep doing it? I don't, I don't know. Any, anyways, we'll we'll roll out. Oh my God! We'll we'll pay Derek Carr a bunch of money. How do the Packers keep doing this? It's like this is not. Don't put this on us. This is all your fault. You guys are scrubs. A bunch of incompetent teams out there. Six zero eight three two one sixteen seventy. Let's take some calls. Wisco Sports Show. Who's this?
4: Hey, it's Andy and Altuna.
3: Andy and Altuna. What's going on, Andy? Welcome.
4: So I got to play a little devil, devil's advocate with you there. So Please. I agree, the Packers have a process and they're doing it, but we're a little spoiled just to say, oh, we have a process and the rest of the league is stupid. You have to have a great quarterback already in place to do the process, True. which is why teams like the Browns can't do it. So if you look at history, okay, who's, who, who are great examples other than the Packers? Well, the Chiefs did it with Mahomes, mm-hmm. but they had Alex Smith, who is obviously a very capable quarterback. The Patriots did it with Tom Brady. Well, they had Drew Bledsoe. They were able to have you know someone in there and Tom Brady could watch. If you don't have that quarterback already in place, you can't do the process, so you're just you are grasping for straws because you don't have that. Yes. So I, I think we're a little spoiled to say like we're smarter than everybody else. We've also been fortunate that we had Favre, and then we're able to draft Rogers mm-hmm. and just kind of use that pick on it. Let him watch Favre, and then have Love watch Rogers. So it just you have to have that. So we're a little spoiled to say hey we're better than you.
3: That's very true. And to and to sit a quarterback and to develop a quarterback, you need a quarterback that's already in place. You're 100% right. You know, you could look at the Saints. You know, I, I listed off a bunch of teams, Browns, Panthers, Bears, Saints, Giants, Broncos, Raiders, Jets. The Saints are an example of a team that did have a quarterback and could have done what the Packers did. Instead, they went all in with Drew Brees at the end. They pushed out a bunch of money and they didn't have anyone waiting in the wings. So yes, I agree with what you're saying totally, Andy. So not every single example in the NFL works Uh, in this exact conversation we're having, but some of them, right? And when you get that first quarterback, build some stability, right? And when you get a coach that you like, build some stability. Like, the Panthers right now, I don't know how they're supposed to get anything done when they fire a coach every other year. And then that leads to instability with the GM because they can't win any games. So I I completely get what you're saying, Andy. There are examples of teams that have had quarterbacks and didn't do what the Packers have done, though.
4: Yes, I agree. I look at the Vikings right now, and and they're kind of in that situation now because they didn't plan for this. Now they are now they don't know what they're going to do. Are we going to bring back Kirk Cousins? Are we going to give him more years? Do we move on from him? Because they didn't have that plan in place. Um, you know, the Browns, you know, Joe Thomas for years would say, look around the league. We're the only team firing a coach and GM all the time. This is yeah. why we're not successful because we won't stick with anything. So, yeah, yeah I, I agree there too.
3: I, I just think that in professional sport, in football especially, like the NFL is so – it's so cut and dry. When you're bad, you get good picks, right? When you're not spending a bunch of money, you have cap space. And it's a much more balanced and it's a much more reactive league than baseball or the NBA, right? Be- or, or or baseball or the NBA in that picks help you right away. Money helps you right away. Draft pick, like in Major League Baseball, draft picks takes years and years and years and years. So in the NFL, I think it's, it's so important to have a plan, to stick to it, and to ride it out. And then you see owners that are firing coaches all the time you know, that just leads to instability, and then no one has a chance to contend or, or succeed. I, I I love the criticisms, Andy. Maybe I'm reaching a little bit with this take. I appreciate the call. Thanks for listening, Sports Talk 105.1 up in Eau Claire. I just, like, it's just so funny to me that people around the country, people who talk sports nationally or people who talk sports in other markets, fans of other teams, like, how did the Packers do it again? It's like, well, it's it's pretty obvious how they did it. Um, and I know, and Andy, you're completely correct in that you need a quarterback in place to sit and develop the next quarterback, but there were also plenty of people. And I, I think at times I was one of them when Rodgers was here, it was frustrating that Jordan love was just sitting on the bench. It's like, that could have been a player that helped us. And right? that could have been a wide receiver. could have been a lineman, could have been a linebacker, could have been a corner. So it, it's, you know, the Packers had to take it on the chin there for a couple of years. People looking at the Packers like, what are you doing? Why are you doing well? And now everyone's like, how did the Packers do it? You know what I mean? Um, I I just, I, I just think there's a lot of incompetence in this league. And it's really easy for the Packers who have been stable, who've been really, really, really stable. It's really easy for a team like the Packers to take advantage and to find quarterbacks and to continue to build a really solid team in a league where, you know, coaches are getting fired every year. GM's getting fired every year. Let's try this quarterback, this quarterback, this quarterback. 608-321-1670, Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hello, hello? All right, call back. Sorry about that. 608-321-1670, Wisco Sports Show. Who's this?
5: Well, I think it's me. I think it's my turn. It is
3: your turn, David, in Madison. How are you today, David?
5: I'm fine. And, you know, Grant, I really like to agree with you on things. I think you're very smart. But on this one, I'm just going to say... I feel it. It's ...lucky lucky and a third time lucky really we didn't draft barb picked him up from atlanta gave up a first round pick he wanted to draft barb couldn't lucky enough barb was a playboy in atlanta they didn't like him after a year and they were willing to give him up for a first we got barb and he turned out to be a great quarterback and mr rogers you know was the 24th person picked in the first round Mm -hmm. there was one quarterback picked ahead of him we got lucky lucky because apparently people thought well he played under a coach named Tedford who had a funny way of teaching people stuff yeah and Rodgers ain't gonna make it in this league we got lucky This third one maybe the third one that could be the one that was that most fits your narrative. I definitely so, I
3: definitely think you're correct on that. Yes, 100% agree with right you on that.
5: Now, I just want to say one other thing because I've been a Packer fan a long time. Mm-hmm. 1967 or 68, Bart Starr had to retire. Now, I'm going to name some names just for the older folks who listen to your show. We'll start with Don Horn, who was supposed to be the <laughs> heir of Paris. Didn't work out. Then we went to, eventually, Rich Campbell, like the third guy taken in the draft, who was a complete bust. Jerry Taggey, Jim Delgaizo, Scott Hunter. Uh, we got out, went out and got Lynn Dickey, who was pretty good but so injured. We paid so much to get John Hadel for one year or two years. We gave up like a first, a second, two-thirds to get John Hadle, who was a complete washout. I don't know, did I say Jim Dale Gazo yet? He was <laughs> a lefty quarterback from the Dolphins.
3: Uh-huh. Jerry
5: Taggy. Do you know the Jerry Taggey story?
3: I know the name. Kid
5: from, kid from Green Bay. First-round pick. Did nothing in the league. We tried to replace between Bart Starr and Brett Favre. I named probably six or seven. There might have been ten. I probably missed a few, but some of your fans and callers will help fill in some more names. And That's we funny. tried everything. We tried to get a veteran. We tried drafting. We tried picking up somebody, you know, who was a second-string quarterback elsewhere. Somehow, once Ron Wolf got here, he got lucky, lucky, <sighs> lucky to get Red barb. And then he made some fabulous picks. He picked up guys like Brunel, who later were traded for a first-round pick, and turned out to be a really good quarterback. He drafted the guy who went to Seattle. What was his name?
6: Hasselbeck. He's now a
5: commentator. Yeah. Hasselbeck. And so a lot of good things happened. But believe me, we went through a tremendous drought from 1967 until Brett Favre arrived. And I... Again, I don't want to knock your narrative, but I think well, it has been, and the third one, someone. Somewhat...
3: I'm losing you, David.
5: It is a crapshoot. You know about the guy. I think his name is Russell, who everybody.
3: I'm I'm losing you, David. I'm assuming you're talking about Jamarcus Russell. So l- let me say I agree with you on a couple of fronts. They did have a long drought in between the Bart Starr era of the Packers, and then when Favre got there. That's totally true, and you're also right the drafting is a crapshoot to a degree. It's more of a crapshoot when you put all your eggs in one draft pick's basket, and you say, oh, I hope he's the guy. If he's not, we're probably going to get fired, and then the next regime head coach, manager, probably going to have to do the same thing, right? It's less of a crapshoot when you have a little bit of runway, you have a little stability, right? And you use that stability to your advantage. Where I will push back a little bit, the the luck, right, part of of Aaron Rodgers or the luck part of Jordan Love. I don't remember anyone during the 2020 draft when the Packers chose Jordan Love. I don't remember anyone saying, how did the league let this happen? How did the, the Packers did it again? How did, how did all of these teams, how did, where did Jordan Love was picked 26, 27? How did 25 teams pass on this guy and let the Packers get him? right? Now the Packers are lucky that that particular year, there was a quarterback that was kind of in the neighborhood of where they were drafting. And of course they're at the mercy of 20, 25 other teams picking in front of them. But I, I don't remember anyone saying, how did, how did the NFL allow this to happen? How did they? How did they get? How did they let the Packers pull this off? You know, now David, I, I would agree with you. This narrative, and you said you didn't want to get in the way of a good narrative, and I would say never let facts get in the good, you know, the way of a, a good radio segment. Um, you are right. The, the narrative and kind of the idea that I'm talking about here, Jordan Love, is certainly the most applicable. Right between Favre and between Rodgers. It's the other thing, Like the, when people say the Brewers were lucky to get Contreras because the Braves didn't want him, there's 29 other teams in Major League Baseball that could have made that call, or I guess 28 when you, when you factor the Brewers and the Braves out, right? It was luck that Favre was available, but yet the Packers were the one team to actually make the trade. It was lucky that Aaron Rodgers is available in 2005, but yet, interesting, the Packers were the one who actually picked him. And I push back on the idea that the Jordan Love pick is lucky because no one was saying that at the time. Everyone was like, what the hell? What the hell? Go watch the Pat McAfee show's reaction. Go, go watch any uh, bit of sports media from the night of the draft or the next day. Everyone was pulling their hair out because the Packers were so close to the NFC Championship game. No one was saying, how did the league let this happen? It's going to be another 20 years the Packers have a good quarterback play. That's, uh, let's not rewrite history, David. I know you're a lawyer. I think you're a lawyer. But let's stick to the facts. Facts over feelings right? A man of logic like yourself certainly could appreciate that. 608 One more call, and then we got to get a quick break in. Wisco Sports Show, who's this?
7: Hey, Grant, the old Clemhead.
3: Clemhead, Mike, how are you? Happy New Year to you.
7: Well, Happy New Year to you, too, and I am so much on your wavelength as far as Happy New Year's going. You get till January 2nd, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. And, uh I had so many customers over the years that used to tell me Happy New Year's, I like be the fourth or the 5th if they said that to me first, I'd I'd respond, Yeah, Happy New Year's to you too. Thank you. And um that's it though. January second, that's that's it. Um yeah, I saw that Colin I saw that Colin Coward um podcast you're talking about and he did talk about uh, the Packers seem to do it right, they they seem to develop their quarterbacks, they let them sit for a while, they have patience and he said maybe just Justin fields have been in Green Bay and and Jordan Love have been in Chicago. Things have been totally different. And Fields have been an up and coming quarterback with you know looking good and maybe a future. You know. um, he's talking about the Packers receivers, a bunch of fast twitch receivers with a you know with a good future ahead. Yeah, he, he was a uh, yeah. He was really. Of course, um, Colin Cowherd has changed his mind on jordan love three times this year so well, i don't know
3: what he's and like th- this is why but he, but but jordan love has looked at different times like a different quarterback like that's the thing yeah. he didn't really yeah. do much in the preseason right he had an awful month like go back and watch highlights i know it feels like years ago but go back and watch tape of the broncos game or the raiders game. it was bad bad so wow. anyone that was critical of jordan love in that stretch and what the packers were doing i don't blame them right they looked bad looked awful right
7: but i would i would uh Andy made some good points there. He, he did have a chance to watch. He had a chance to sit and watch what happens and learn learn the game a little bit. Just don't forget, Brett Favre, he got to sit and watch the very capable Don Mikowski for, for for a while. You know.
3: Uh, <laughs> yeah. But um.
7: Yeah. Was, uh, uh, Bart, by the way, uh, Bart Starr retired in '72, and uh, for a very short time, the very capable Scott Hunter took the Packers to the playoffs, you know, and Barsar was his quarterback coach. though. So,
3: yeah. Well, that's that's an, that's another thing is when when Rodgers left and a lot of Packers fans were worried, we're going to go back to the 70s and the 80s. Well, the league's very different now, but even casting that aside and the way that players are drafted and the way that they can move around in, in free agency, what I yep. said at the time was like, do you guys think the Packers are poorly run right now? Do you think Goody is bad? Do you think the Packers' current front office is bad? If you think that they're bad, sure. The Packers were poorly run in the 70s and the 80s. It's not that they got oh, yeah. unlucky for 20 straight years. It's that they sucked, and they were dumb, and they did dumb things. I don't think, and this goes all the way back to 1990, the Packers have not been a dumb organization for a long time. So I worried about a, a, a dark age, I think a lot less than a lot of Packers fans did. Oh, yeah. And
7: then we, you and I have talked about this before in a salary cap league. If you if you suck, there is something seriously wrong with you. It's yeah. a problem. There's a there's no way that in a salary cap league some team should be so bad for so long. It's uh, and you know people say we should have an owner. You know, Packers should have an owner. No owners make radical mm-hmm. uh, emotional decisions. And if you have a board like the Packers do, you makes decisions with the with a glacial pace, and yeah. that's a good thing.
3: Yeah, and I and sometimes it can be a little too glacial, Mike. I got to run. I appreciate you. You have an awesome night and happy new year. It'd be the last time we say it January 2nd. We can cut it off. I would rather be the Steelers than the Panthers. Right. And this is something that that Bill was talking about last week and he was cooking. I just I just sat back and listened. And he was making he was saying all the right things, making great points. I would rather be the Steelers than the Panthers. I would rather err on the side of being slow, reasonable, rational, cautious then I think we should fire him. I think we should get rid of him. I think we should should act. I think we should be. That's how fans, fan is short for fanatic. Owner is short for, you know, I'll think about it over the break, but I'm sure there's something that starts with O that makes sense. I would rather be a little bit too slow than a little bit too fast. Steelers won a lot of games for a long time. Packers won a lot of games for a long time. Uh, I would rather be a little on the slow side. So, Mike, I'm I'm with you in the 70s, and 80s. Yeah, the Packers didn't have anything going on. They were poorly run. They were not a functional organization. So, David, you were correct uh, in, in talking about well, the, the, how this you know this plan that the Packers have for quarterback, how you know it wasn't working in the 70s, and 80s. Yeah, because they were a bunch of dummies. Starting with Ron Wolf getting there in the 90s, I don't think the Packers have been a poorly run organization for a long time. 608 321 1670. If you're on hold and you can wait a couple of minutes, stay right there. I'll get to you the second, the moment we're back from break. It's the Wisco Sports Show. We're back after this.
2: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
3: Wisco Sports Show. Reacting to the Packers beating the Vikings. I think as the show goes along, we're going to get more specific. I started the show back at 4 o'clock and said, hey, the Packers know how to do this quarterback thing. And we've talked a little bit about the methodology, the drafting, the developing, letting them sit. Because if Jordan Love turns out to be a good quarterback for a while here, like I- I'm a little sick of people elsewhere in sports and different markets and other fan bases saying, all oh, the Packers got lucky again. No one was saying that on draft night in 2020. I wasn't saying that I was so shaken. I'm like, God, this is going to be such a pain in the ass for a couple years because Rogers isn't going to like it. It's going to divide the fan base. I remember leaving work the night of the draft, going to a buddy's house, UWL. They had a party. There was a keg. I'm like, all right, fine. I'll do a keg. It's like one of the two or three times in my entire life. I've ever done a keg stand. I'll never forget the 2020 draft. No one was saying that they no one was saying that the Packers like got the heist of the late first round and now we want to revise history and say the Packers got lucky again. Mm-mm. Won't have it. I won't have it. Plain and simple. 608-321-1670. Let's take some more calls. Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Denny from Holman. Denny from Holman. Denny, you're a straight shooter if I ever met one in my life. I'm sure you'll have a great take on this.
8: Happy New Year, my
3: friend. <laughs> happy New Year to you too, Denny.
8: <laughs> we couldn't make we couldn't make it to your to your show, but we sent uh, my wife sent the troops from Toma out there for you. Guys.
3: Really, you sent you and rallied the great... troops and and mobilized yep. troops to Toma.
8: <laughs> we did, we did, and my wife said that they were very happy with you guys. Oh, they had a great time. Well, happy, happy to, to happy to
3: entertain. I had a good time over there Saturday, or I guess it was Sunday night. Sunday night was fun.
8: I know. I'm trying to see it. They sent the picture here. Are you? You're not the one with the G, plane, are you?
3: No, I, I, had, a, I had a I had a big pointy hat on. Uh, in a big pointy okay, party there's hat.
8: There's on. only there's five guys there.
3: Mm-hmm. But
8: it, I I didn't think one of them was you because I know what you look like. I was all the anyway, way on
3: the left, stage right, but left for okay. uh, for the commoners in the crowd.
8: <laughs> I sent you. I sent you a apology today for our quarterback, Mr. Love, and I am owning up to it. I was the one. I covered all of those. I didn't think he would be any good. I didn't think he could throw the long ball. I didn't think he could hit receivers. I didn't think he would be durable. I didn't think he could uh, he could come, and I don't. I didn't think he could um, really, um, in his head, figure it all out, but I am apologetic and I think he deserves a contract again
3: well that's the thing I think he's definitely going to get a contract and it's probably going to seem like a lot of money when it's signed and I think in the end it's it's not going to be that much I'm I'm right. not really all that worried about Jordan Love's contract
8: no but and I wanted to say didn't the Lions really get ripped off against the Cowboys I mean that changed so many things Grant yeah. in that it's just kind of their here. lot in life, isn't it? I know, but can you believe that they called it eligible because the the Spanish radio station you could hear it as clear as day. Were you know? listening to the but Spanish said, radio,
3: or you just found some clip somewhere? I was like, were you listening to yeah, the Spanish radio? Yeah, station?
8: yeah, that's what they were playing on on Sports Center, you know. And insane. those refs were really horrendous. And like I said, with with the Cowboys winning that means they took the division, you know, and if they had lost, well, they would have been tied with, uh, silly, you know, and that could cost big time in the seating too. I, you know, and it, I
3: feel for Detroit cause the last time they really had a good season it was like, it was like 2014, and they got jobbed yeah. in that playoff game against the Cowboys, too, with that pass interference that wasn't a pass interference. That was the week before the right. Dez dropped a game, the week before right. the Seattle. That Man, the NFC playoffs in 2014, it was one of the wildest stretches of playoff games ever, but this type of thing tends to happen to Detroit.
8: And I wanted to, I wanted to mention, too, that Randy Wright was a quarterback for the Packers, and so was Jim McMahon. He went to the Super Bowl at the Packers and got a ring.
3: Jim McMahon. They definitely cycled a lot of, or through a lot of quarterbacks in those years. I, I just, for all the Packers fans that are worried about, we're going to go back to the 70s and the 80s. The NFL is too competitively balanced to allow a well run team to be that bad for that long. Right. Now, that wasn't the case in the 70s and the 80s. Like nowadays, a, a somewhat competent front office can get some picks right and have a lot of money to spend. Back then, it was a little different because free agency and you know, just the way the league worked, um, but the NFL is so competitively balanced. I just wasn't worried about going back to the seventies, eighties, and, and I and I want to push back on the idea that the Packers have the secret sauce. They 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 have this this golden touch, this lucky touch with picking quarterbacks. No, they have a plan and they stick to it. And they weren't afraid to take a little bad PR by sitting a guy for three years and and doing something that's kind of uncool. It's not cool to take a quarterback when you don't need a quarterback, right? And I and I don't know why we're rewriting history to say that somehow they they pulled off a heist in the 2020 draft to get Jordan Love. One more call, then we got to take our last break of the hour. Six zero eight three two one sixteen seventy Wisco Sports Show. Who's this?
6: Hey Grant, Happy New Year. This is Cone.
3: Happy New Year, Cone. Good start to 2024 for you.
6: Yep, better than I deserved. Good, That's better. Th- Better than I deserve.
3: Well, it's a good start for our Packers. And honestly, tonight, I don't think we're going to talk about this show tonight, but I know you'll relate. I'm very excited to go home tonight and watch Wisconsin-Iowa at the Kohl Center. I'm, I, we're getting into the heat of college basketball season now.
6: Yep. It, I was going to say, like, this past weekend was one of the best sports weekends I've had in a while, just from an entertainment standpoint. And now it's kind of like the cherry on top to get to watch uh, Wisconsin-Iowa basketball. Can't yeah. wait.
3: I'm excited. What did you think of what Jordan love did on Sunday night? I think you've been very reasonable, not too strong one way or another good or bad on Jordan love. What did you think Sunday night?
6: I'm ready to extend him. I think he's going to get a Daniel Jones type contract. I think he's going to be making 35 to $40 million a year. Um, but I'm sold on him. I think he's the real deal. He looks great. He looks a lot like Rogers on some of those throws, which is yeah. kind of fun, kind of weird to see. Um, and his fadeaway throws, they're cool, but step up in the pocket, plant your feet, and make a throw. Yeah. Kind of an old man take from me. but No, I – I,
3: hey, I said for years with Rodgers, like, I don't want all the throws to be off-platform. I don't want all of them to be out of structure. Only when you need to, right? So I, I will apply the same. It's only fair to apply the same standard to Jordan Love. It's just – on Sunday, I'm like, it's just funny. It's just – I've never seen a quarterback – play like i've never seen a quarterback that looks like that so I was, i'm getting a kick out of it but long term i we you know fundamentals i'm down with an old man take
6: is he is he the kobe bryant of nfl quarterbacks? all his throws are
3: fadeaways it's bizarre dude i've never seen anything like it
6: but hey he looks good bo melton you know at first i was like why are we giving this dude donald driver's number but now maybe he earned it
3: well, and coming up after 5 o'clock, like that's something we got to talk about. Matt LaFleur and Jordan Love are working with a bunch of kids at wide receiver, and as soon as one starts to play well, he gets hurt, and another one just pops up, takes its place. It's like, poof. They, they just get Malik Heath, Bo Melton, Dontavian Wicks halfway through the year. All these guys can play.
6: And Grant, in, in terms of financial news, I think your Samari Torre stock is getting taken off the NASDAQ.
3: That's that's okay. Um, that's okay. That's okay. I can't I can't win. I mean, most of my takes aren't correct. I always thought there was something there, and Mike Clements even thought there was something there coming into the year. He's nothing if not reasonable and usually correct in his uh, evaluations. Yeah, I'll take Bo Melton. He stepped in instantly and was way better than Samari Touré has ever
6: been. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, touching quick on college football, Michael Penix was that the best game from a college quarterback we've seen? He was unreal
3: last night Dude, his wide receivers are unbelievable too like he's throwing these darts but they're contested right in these wide receivers strong hands coming down with it there's no juggling there's no like it's just the watching that passing game last night was so much fun it was a ball it was a blast
6: yeah great great playoffs i thought you know usually we're we're due for some stinkers in the playoffs but both games i thought were really good um and you know it kind of put the whole florida state thing to bed and rightfully so they're a bunch of quitters you know they had a great opportunity to play Georgia, kind of give the middle finger to the committee, middle mm-hmm. finger to their haters, and Let they it rolled over before the game even started. Yeah,
3: yeah. It's, i and, well, I think I'm going to talk about bowl season a little bit more after five o'clock, Cone. I have to run like right now, otherwise I'm going to mess everything up because I got to get one more break. And I appreciate you. Happy New Year.
6: Yep. Happy New Year, Grant. See
3: Thanks, Cone. I want to build on all the things that he just said, and if you have time to wait on hold, stick there. I promise I'll get to you. Just got to get a last break in Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. <laughs>
2: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
3: Wisco Sports Show, I wasn't lying to Cohen. Uh, if I would have taken that break 15 seconds later, it'd be all messed up. The show would be out of whack. We'd be late for our update with Zach at the top of the hour. Speaking of Zach, he was in Florida for the Badger Bowl game. Let's talk about that for a couple minutes. I want to talk more in detail about some of the players and the plays, Packers-Vikings. Mike Clemens coming up at 5.30 as well. A lot more Wisco Sports Show, Hour 2, coming up next.
2: A team that I go to war with any
0: any day. Uh, There's no quit in this locker room, clawing tooth and nail until until it's over. I think that just speaks a lot about these guys in this locker room, tuning out the noise and just getting to work.
2: This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Hackers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now here's your host, Grant Bills.
3: Couple. Uh... Bits of NFL news, Tom Pellicero tweeting 60 seconds ago that the NFL sent a memo to clubs today regarding players reporting as eligible, including this video featuring uh, footage from the Cowboys Lions game. So they're basically saying, hey, guys, this is how you report is about they're gaslighting the Lions. They're gaslighting all of us. We all know we have audio visual evidence that the Lions reported correctly and the ref botched it, and that's okay. Humans make mistakes, but now don't turn around and treat me like I need a lecture on how reporting is eligible works. Don't gaslight me into this NFL. I won't have it, and Bill earlier today made an awesome point. It's like we would all just very much appreciate if the refs would come out and say, we biffed it, we botched it, we blew it we made a mistake we're sorry we will be better we'll be like man that sucks but it already sucked at least now we all understand what actually happened and i thought on saturday night i was going to bed my head was on the pillow and i was on twitter and i was trying to cook up a good tweet but i couldn't think of the wording and then i fell asleep but what i was thinking about was when jim joyce blew armando galarraga's perfect game In, like, 2010. It was 13, 15, 12 years ago, somewhere in that neighborhood. Interestingly enough, he was pitching for the Tigers at the time. So, sorry, Detroit. Um, And Jim Joyce, the the first-base umpire that blew the call watched the footage and then in a little post-game press conference with reporters where he met with reporters said, I blew it. I believe his exact verbiage was, I kicked the S out of it. And he's in tears. I mean, he's gutted that he ruined this moment for this player and for the fans. And Galarraga sympathized with him. I think fans did as well and everyone moved on. And it's thought of as a bummer, but at least Jim Joyce didn't gaslight everyone to oblivion saying, no, his foot was total. I mean, Tygo's the runner. Like, no, you blew it. Screw the NFL. The NFL also announced that they're fining David Tepper $300,000 because he threw a drink on a fan. <laughs> Imagine being worth that much money. I think he's the richest owner in the NFL. I think. I could, I could be wrong. Maybe he was surpassed by the Waltons who bought a team more recently. So I, don't, I think when he came into the league, he was the richest owner in the NFL. And he was so upset that Tom, from wherever, some guy who bought an $80 ticket and is hammered out in the stands he let that guy get under his skin you have yachts you have yachts david tepper you have you have yachts you have a private plane and you let some run-of-the-mill tom dicker harry goat you into throwing a dr- <laughs> what a loser what an absolute loser that's why i'm glad that the packers don't have an owner because the reason we don't have to deal with this instead uh, i am an owner as are, I'm sure, many of you. 608-321-1670 if you'd like to join the Wisco Sports Show. We're talking Packers, Vikings. Some of you have been waiting, and uh, I don't want to make you keep waiting, so let's take some calls. Uh, Wisco Sports Show, who's this?
0: Grant, I have a confession to make.
3: I knew it. I knew it was you. I said there's only one person who would wait this long that hasn't already called, and I knew it was you, Vagabond John. Sorry to cut you off. Your confession. Yeah,
0: so this fall, first year officiating high school football, uh, standing on the sidelines in a freshman game. It's a uh, Wanakee freshman at Verona, right? Wanakee,
3: they take their football pretty seriously. So I know it's a freshman game, but this matters.
0: The Wanakee freshman team can line up in the formations that, man, Phil Longo couldn't even dream of, right? <laughs> but these guys are lined up in this crazy formation. I'm standing on the linesman. That means you're looking down, your primary responsibility is looking for those false starts after the ball snaps. You're focused on the tackle, edge rusher action to look for holding. It's your job, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm standing there. I'm watching this pass play develop, and the quarterback's in a bunch of pressure. All of a sudden, he heaves the ball right at me. And I'm sitting there. He's in the pocket. Ball doesn't get to the line of scrimmage. So I throw the flag. We got a clear, intentional grounding. Mm-hmm. The sideline behind me, which is the Wanaki sideline, the Wanaki quarterback that threw the ball, is blowing up, right? And I thought, you know, no way. This ball didn't go past the line of scrimmage. He's clearly in the pocket. This is a clear, clear intentional grounding. And after the game, you get a little link that they send to you to watch your tape. Mm -hmm. I watched the tape. It turns out there's a sneaky receiver that crossed the field, and he was in my blind side, right? So he's on my – if I'm staring there, the quarterback's on my right-hand side. This receiver's right next to me in the field of play on my left-hand side. And so I made – an officiating mistake. I sent an email to both coaches saying, guys, first year on the job, hand up. I blew this one. (laughs) It's very clear on the tape, not intentional grounding. What did did they say? Did they reply? (sighs) No, 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 no. These guys are, these are freshmen football coaches. I doubt they've checked their email they're in the t- last three years. Right? They're, too,
3: they're too busy replying to parents of kids that they're failing in geography or something like that. Yeah, sure. All right, I get it. But, yeah, but also, what shouldn't there be an official behind you? Isn't there an umpire behind you who should come in and assist and say, no, 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 we had a player back here, conference, pick up the flag, get it right? I, I don't think this is on you, Vagabond, John. I love you taking accountability, though.
0: C- correct. We only had three, so you had two linesmen and an official behind the offense. We were down one, so we only had three on the field. So we didn't have an umpire or um, uh, the, the dude forgot the name of it, but he stands right behind the defensive line. So we were actually down two guys. So we were so well, uh, you know freshman Saturday morning. You never know what you're going to get. At <laughs>
3: I, I guess the 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 moral of every question I've had about this story is that it was a freshman game. Uh, it it all circles it all circles back to, to that fact. I guess. Hey, I'm glad you called Vagabond John because we haven't talked about the defense yet. I give Joe Barry a ton of credit for Sunday night. I still don't think he's the defensive coordinator of the future, but he tried some things. He sent Quay Walker on a blitz. He sent Keyshawn Nixon on a blitz. He did not just stand there and play boilerplate defense. I give Joe Barry all the credit in the world. I think he deserves some praise this week. I feel even worse about Devondre Campbell and Jair Alexander. It's like Corey Ballantyne steps out there, uh, surprisingly, because you get your ass suspended at U.S. Bank against those wide receivers and was fine. Was fine. They were,
0: they were fine. But don't get us like Grant. I saw a lot of tweets during the game saying, "Wow, he's finally blitzing." Going in the game, the Packers blitzed the fifth most in the NFL. So everybody that says "Oh, they don't blitz," they just, just don't know what to look for in a blitz. Now blitzing the corners mm. that looked a little different. Sure, but they're sending all kinds of linebackers. And the three-four, I get it. For the average fan, it's hard to understand what a blitz actually looks wow. like. Wow. Um, but wow. Yeah. You know, you gotta be kind of sending it's my new year's resolution to take a little bit more of a firm stance with my takes. Cause I know that's been one of my weaknesses clearly. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, that was a joke. Right. Uh, but yeah, defense. I mean, they look great, right? I mean, we can fire the guys sure, but you, what defensive coordinator is giving up 56 points to whatever team are you going to hire? Right. I mean, three weeks ago, everybody's clamoring for Robert Sala the dude who had one good season with the 49ers, and all of a sudden everybody thinks he's defensive Jesus. Oh. Jesus. And I'm like, I don't understand why people want that guy. But, you know, Joe Barry, he's going to go, right? I mean, but you saw some of his peak dealing with, I mean, they, they listed the injuries, right? And then the fun thing about Sunday night is they do the player lineups, and it shows, like, their pro football focus ranking yeah. at the bottom. And everybody's telling me how talented, how this these how absolutely loaded these guys are with talent, just zero players that pro football focus has rated in the top 15. Some of that is scheme and coaching. But when you're an edge rusher and you log one tackle in a game where your defense is on fire, Rashawn Gary is absolutely still not, not even on the stat sheet hardly. So well, well, we,
3: We're so far gone with Rashawn Gary. And I, I got to move along about John because I got a couple other people, but I want to continue. You've given us great material and I want to keep using it, but I'm going to let you physically, Grant. I'm going to let you go.
0: Grant, can I get 15 more seconds real quick? Please, Badgers. Yes. yes. Badgers, this is an air-raid offense. If you have a two-touchdown lead, you're not safe. Where everybody want clamoring for Jim Leonard, right? Last time Jim Leonard faced receivers like that, he gave up 28 points in five minutes. Oh, yeah. And the other time he blew a blew a late overtime lead at Michigan State when Jaden Reed got the touchdown so don't tell me about Jim Leonard defending the passing attack anyways dude I right,
3: was a uh, cheers and a happy new year to you vagabond John thank you for waiting you waited like 40 minutes I figured it was you I'm like there's only one caller that would probably wait that long uh so I I appreciate you thanks for the call yeah uh I don't really have a problem with the Badgers defense giving it up my issues with Luke Fickle like why are we punting so much on the plus side of the field it's the Reliaquest bull like, what Quite literally, what do we have to lose? The game's got no juice. No one's really, no one's living or dying with this result, Luke. We can't go for it on four. Like the one late in the first quarter. I'm just settling in. I've just kind of got up for the day because I was up real late on New Year's Eve. Well, I'm sure but I'm not the only one. We're up real late New Year's Eve. Sleep in a little bit, kind of wake up. Well, I can't imagine most of you slept until 10.30, which is when I got up. But I you know, make my way down to my recliner. I watch the game. It's like, oh, this is kind of fun. There's not a lot of juice in this game, but I, I can I can get into this. I'll enjoy this. And then Luke Fickle pl- punted on what was essentially a fourth and two in plus territory with like seven minutes to go. He's got the lead. His team's rolling. I'm like, all right, from this point forward, I will take this game less seriously. I'll take this game less seriously. And by the way, Vagabond John, you brought up uh, Rashawn Gary. Normally, I'm quite critical of Rashawn Gary, um, and it has nothing to do with him. I, I just, a lot of the time, I'm grading against public perception. So if everyone says that Rashawn Gary is like defensive player of the year, I have to be the ass that's like, he's, well, he ain't that. But now everyone's saying that he's, I think he's hurt. And I think he's struggling. I think he's struggling coming back from missing a year with an ACL. It has to be because he's better than this. Now, one thing that I'd like to see him fix is stop giving up the edge. Like that, that, that's easy. You watch, go watch film. See how many times you lose the edge. You lose contain because you're bull rushing, into the middle of the pocket, only to let a guy bounce outside. That that's separate. Um, but I, I think he's injured and or coming back from that ACL, and and coming back is hardly ever linear, right? He came back. He was on a pitch count early. He was real good for a couple of weeks, and then I, I think he started to, and he started to fatigue just a little bit. So I, I'm not going to defend Rashawn Gary, but I think that's definitely something we have to keep in mind. He just missed a year with a massive leg injury. Six zero eight three two one sixteen seventy. Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hello, hello. Alright, let's try one other caller. And we can keep cooking. Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hey,
1: Adam Ed McConagal.
3: Ed and hey Ed, what's up? Happy New Year.
1: Hey, Happy New Year.
3: Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. What'd you think of all this?
1: Well, Grant, the Ed. Green Bay Packers are some bad mamma jams.
3: On offense? Yes. And on defense the think- other night, yes. I'll give them all the credit in the world for for Sunday night. I thought those guys came ready to play. Joe Barry, little dash of creativity. I- I'm also just so frustrated with Devondre Campbell and Jair and some of these higher paid, more highly touted players oh. that have, we don't like Joe Barry. We don't, we're not used right. And then we got a bunch of scrubs out there who are just, they're happy for the opportunity and they're going and they're playing hard and they're succeeding.
1: It's crap. Like, I mean, even going back to Rasul Douglas, like I can see Devon Campbell's point of view to a certain extent with the injury and not wanting to play through injury Sure. It, you know severe and he can't his arm. That's one thing. But I said in the beginning of the season I was done with Jair. I was so fed up with him. All he does is run his mouth. You know, he, he gets in these marquee matchups and he's like talking trash the whole game and like, what are you doing? Like what where's the production? Show it in your play. And and like, you know, a lot of people talk about he's not tackling. So it's like I was at him at the beginning of the season and he's just proven me even more right as far as that's concerned. Um, Matt LaFleur and the whole losing the locker room crap, I'm tired of that too. I from the Carolina game, one thing that stood out was when him and Devontae Wyatt kinda got into it on the sidelines. Do you remember that?
3: Him and Matt LaFleur? Yeah.
1: Yeah, and they're screaming at each other and like, Oh, that's not good and then like two minutes later, they're hugging it out. Yeah. That to me like Completely flipped the script on that, you know, where it's like, oh, this is bad. I'm like, oh, that's really good, you know, like that you can do that. Scream at your players, they scream at you, and you don't want that all the time. But then they're hugging it out, you know, like you can yeah. tell that he has his guys and his guys have him. The guys that matter, the guys that aren't just running their mouth. So I'm, I'm tired of that. Uh, Jordan Love, I think one thing we're going to remember about him in, you know, in a decade later when we won a couple of Super Bowls. Hell yeah. Uh, it, it is the credit that we should give to him is kind of what you're talking about, how he can bump from Don Wicks to Jane Reed to Christian Watson to Bo uh, Melton, uh, Ben Sims, Tucker Craft, doesn't matter who it is, he makes them look good. And I think the reason for that is partly their talent, but his poise and his demeanor and his calmness, I think he doesn't get enough credit for that, and I think that's what is going to continue to make him excel at that position.
3: As a backer. I hope so. And I think it's it's a joint effort with poise and with patience. I think Matt LaFleur and Jordan Love both did a great job with that this year because that month where they were down bad in October, Matt LaFleur he kept everybody with him. He's like, Guys, don't let go of the rope. We're gonna get there. We just need to get to the point where the wide receivers have enough. They have enough experience. We have enough knowledge of being in the right spot. And then that will allow Jordan Love to play with a little more confidence. That'll settle in the offensive line. He kind of held everyone there. It would have been easy to lose the locker room in that time. And I have no doubt that they were frustrated. But to come out of that tough month stronger on the other side, that's a really difficult thing to pull off. So I'll give a lot of credit to Matt LaFleur, but like you said, Ed, too, Jordan Love deserves a ton of credit for that. And one of my favorite metrics, Ed, and if you've listened to the show for a while, you've maybe heard me say this, when a quarterback is completing passes to a bunch of different wide receivers, that's a really good sign that the offense is healthy and the quarterback is running the offense. Jordan Love has completed a pass to at least seven targets in every game since week three. I bookmarked that stat the other night. I'm like, "That's, that's one of my favorite stats in all of sports. I think that's such a green flag with a quarterback and with an offense.
1: Yeah. And I, I, you know, the last couple of weeks, but especially on Sunday, I, it just, it seems like, okay, this is, this is your team now. This is Jordan Love's team. Yeah. And, and I don't know. It's just great. It's crazy. One last thing, mm-hmm. uh, shout out to my beautiful and lovely fiance. We got engaged on Christmas Eve. I love her. Uh, more importantly, she loves me. Hell and I yeah. just wanted to share that news.
3: Hell yeah. Well, congratulations. And that's great news for all of us. Congrats. And a happy new year. What a great way to Thanks start 2024.
1: Heck yeah. Have yeah. a good one, Grant. Have Thanks. a good one, Ed.
3: Appreciate that and congrats. My uh my lovely girlfriend <laughs> um on Sunday went to Tomo with me and my bandmates at two fifteen and we left this bar at twelve fifteen and got back to Madison at one fifteen. Uh and and she even allowed me to listen to a little bit of Ben Kenny in the car cuz Ben Kenny had his first ever uh, hosting shift on WIP and the Eagles lost on Sunday like what an incredible first night to host in Philly. So Ed uh I can appreciate uh your appreciation of your woman. I was I was feeling very thankful this weekend as well cuz I wouldn't put up with it. I if I was dating me there's no way I'd put up with that. It's like you want me to go to Toma for a day? Hell no. I'm going to stay at home on the <laughs> stay at home on the couch. Again, nothing wrong with Toma. Uh, it's just like we were kind of out in the middle of nowhere and she had nothing to do for most of the day. 608 321 One more call, then we'll take a break. Wisco Sports Show, who's this? This would be Tim from Sparta. Tim from Sparta. Uh, neighbors, right in that area of Toma. It's a beautiful area. I didn't mean to disparage, Tim.
9: It's quite all right. I, I'm not a lifelong resident. I okay. live it here. I live out in the country. My 20 acres of heaven, so I'm oh set. Um, I wanted to call in. And say, I'm happy with the progress that Jordan Love has made. I never thought he would be as good as he currently is. He still has a ways to go because he still misses a little flare pass out to the side. Throws that either over their heads or in the dirt about as often as he throws it where he's supposed to. Um, but I, I, I got to admit it. I've seen more progression out of him than I ever thought I would. Um, and then the other thing that I have for you mm-hmm. is just a short little ditty, because uh, I got to run, and I'm sure you do as well, because you are probably late for a break. Wow, what's... Um, there once was a fine fellow named Grant, who started each show with a sterling 15-minute rant. He brings... Than clear and strong, he's often right. That's seldom wrong, so let's have more of him and let the tape-delayed Jim Rome stay home.
5: <laughs>
3: I don't know why I expected that poem to end any other way. I was interested to see how you were going to land the plane, and then I was like, oh, of course he's going to rip Jim Rome on his way out the door. Why did I expect anything else, Tim? That was great.
9: Well, you know, you got to start the year off right.
3: Well, and on Brent, you got to start twenty twenty four the same way you wrapped up twenty twenty three, uh, and you're campaigning to uh, make the show bigger and Jim Rome's show smaller. I appreciate it, Tim. Happy New Year! I do have to run. Thank you for the poem. You betcha. Bye. Tim in Sparta. I mean, if we're ranking cities in that area, I do prefer Sparta to uh, Toma. Did you guys see what happened at the Sparta Walmart? Some teenage girl just started lighting stuff on fire back in the fabric set. Google it. My buddy uh, texted me today. A buddy that lives in Saint Paul. He's like, Google Sparta Walmart right now. I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> Go read the, the funny stuff. It's not funny. Ar- arson is very serious, and it's not something that we should laugh about. But uh, the absurdity of the situation is kind of funny, and we can laugh at that. So, uh, Sparta, it's nice seeing you on the on the news. Let's take a let's take a three minute break. Come back. Mike Clemens, just a little bit away. He's going to join us right after 5 30. So, the best yet to come on tonight's Wisco Sports Show.
2: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
3: Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I don't think we can take any more calls. I want to get to Mike Clemens in a couple minutes, and there's a few things that I want to say. Appreciate everybody that has been a part of the show tonight. I wish the show was a little bit longer. I think two hours is a great length for a show. I think you can say just about everything you need to say in two hours. Doesn't go too long. I don't have to repeat myself. We don't have to ramble, but there are nights, especially like this when we haven't had a chance to talk since Friday and the Packers got a big win. Badgers had a bowl game uh I-, I wish i had some more time to mix in calls among other things so I- i'm sorry we're gonna get to mike clemens in a few uh i ju- i have to talk about this this is insane um aaron Rodgers is on the mcafee show today which i again i'm blocked by mcafee i used to follow him and see all the clips but then i made a couple too many brewers related parody mcafee tweets and then they blocked me which i guess i understand but it's a little weird because sometimes like very important things like big news things will happen on the McAfee show and I'll be completely oblivious. And then Rogers today was on there and I saw clips from other like aggregation accounts and they were talking about the Epstein list because that's coming. Is that coming out? Did it come out today? Is it coming? I feel like not not to get political, but I feel like in the political world and I don't know that this is political, but it's news. It's not sports, right? So it's in a different realm. I feel like. We always think we're going to we're going to get them. Whatever political you know uh uh enemy you think there is like oh this is this is what's going to bring this person down. And it never did. it's not how it works. Like I would be surprised if this list even comes out. Someone, someone's someone's going to stand in the way. Someone's going to prevent it from coming out. I I don't know. Who knows? I am not the most educated on this. I haven't read a lot about it. Um uh, but they were talking about the Epstein list coming out and I guess Jimmy Kimmel's name got mentioned. Uh and I, I think Rogers basically said like, I don't remember why Kimmel came up, but made the point that Kimmel, Jimmy Kimmel, is going to be on the list, um, and then pointed out obviously that Kimmel is employed by Disney because ESPN, ABC, all under the same umbrella. So that's a little awkward. But pointed out Jimmy Kimmel, I'm like, oh, that's kind of funny. And then look, earlier today, I was thinking, could like Rogers, like Kimmel, could sue for defamation, right? That's not something you could just casually throw out there on a massive platform. Like that seems, that seems pretty uh pretty heady. Uh, well, Jimmy Kimmel has tweeted at Aaron Rodgers, and I, I'm not siding with anyone here. I just think this is bizarre, wacko world. I want to read you this tweet. Uh, this is a quote tweet of an Aaron Rodgers video saying that uh Jimmy Kimmel is going to be named. Jimmy Kimmel tweets, dear a hole. He typed out the whole word. What I was taught in radio is that you can say ass, but you can't say ho- like you can talk about an ass in uh, in in non-literal terms. But as soon as you talk about the body part, that's bad. But anyways, he says the dear a-hole for the record. I've never met, flown with, visited or had any contact whatsoever with Epstein, nor will you find my name on any list other than clearly phony nonsense that soft-brained wackos like yourself can't seem to distinguish from reality. Your reckless words put my family in danger. Keep it up, and we will debate the facts further in court. At Aaron Rodgers, What is happening? What is this? I don't really like Kimmel. I I don't know anybody personally, so I shouldn't say I don't like him. I'm just not team late-night guy. I just don't like late-night shows. I think we need to to find a way as a society to do something better with that time slot on TV. It's so antiquated. Like, hey, welcome. And then, you know, they read some political jokes that are really overused. And then we got a great show. And then they sit down and welcome into our guest. And the, the questions, the interviews are so... I get they prepare and they have to be scripted, but it's so... Oh, so, you know, what guest, whatever, would come on a late night show? Like, who would be a, a typical. Like, Timothy Chalamet is here. Timothy, welcome. I, so I heard that once you, you had to help assist in the birth of a, a litter of puppies on an airplane. Is that right? Oh, I, I guess. I didn't know we were going to talk about that, but I guess we'll talk about it. It's just like, I don't like late night shows. So I guess Fallon and Kimmel and Colbert are just there. They're a product. They're a victim of the environment that they're in, in my point of view. I like Conan. I think Conan kind of rules. But then sometimes I will watch his show, be like, ah, this late night thing can be just a little cringy. But that's uh, not Conan's fault. I like. I think Conan's funny. I think he does good interviews. Anyways, it's just bizarre. I, I just, I didn't think that twenty twenty four would start out with Jimmy Kimmel and Aaron Rodgers fighting on Twitter. This kind of rules. This is entertaining. It's very funny. Uh, yeah, I, I felt the need to point that out. I had I had to point that out. We had to talk about that for a sec. All right, Mike Clemens is going to join us. Couple minutes. He was up in Minneapolis, made the long journey from Milwaukee, Green Bay, all the way across the state, over the beautiful St. Croix, through my beautiful hometown of Menominee, Wisconsin, past Tim and Sparta's hometown of Star, close to but not directly through Mike in Chippewa Falls's uh, neighborhood. Close by, but not directly through. Mike Clemens passed passed through all of us this past weekend on his way up to the cities to see Packers Vikings. We'll get his reaction and hear some sounds from players and coaches in the locker room. Mike Clemens joins the Wisco Sports Show next.
2: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
3: Show appreciate you listening, everybody that contributed, everybody that called in today. Thank you so much. I wish we had more time. We'll continue tomorrow because I we got to talk about Paul Melton. I got Jaden Reed conversations that I want to have, but today was a lot about Jordan Love because it really felt like he took another step. He's been taking steps, you know, and it was a little bit of a step back against the Giants. I thought he rebounded well enough against the Bucs, and then has really been great. Like, he won in a shootout. He had to be the reason the team won in Carolina. And then against the Vikings the other night, just grabbed that game by the you-know-what, or you-know-what's. Game by the horns. Let's just say they Grabbed the game by the horns, by the Viking horns, uh, and took control and, and really dominated that game start to finish. Mike Clemens was there in attendance. He joins us now, and it's funny, Mike. You are in my hometown. You have stopped to get gas and call in for a quick hit in beautiful Menominee, Wisconsin. Not to dox you and let everyone know where you are, but I was talking directly about that before I had you on. And then it's funny when you're talking off air, you're like, yeah, I'm in Menominee. You must be having a great time.
8: Well, yeah,
10: it's a nice night. I got uh, good weather. I spent an extra day in we got Well, first of all, I got tipped off before the game what this week's schedule would be like in Green Bay. And I stay with some friends in the Twin Cities that originally from the Milwaukee area where I'm from. And so, got a nice visit. We went out and saw a great movie, Ferrari, with uh, Adam Driver playing Enzo Ferrari, and how that whole Ferrari business came into being. The race cars turned into, you know, the you know incredible uh, consumer cars, like two hundred thousand dollars vehicles. Hmm. And um, it, that's a great. Great movie. I think you'd really like it, Grant. I think you really would. I'm going to so, add it to my
3: list. I've had a caller that's telling me I need to watch The Godfather for the better part of two years, and I still haven't gotten around to that. But let me add it to my list. Hold
10: on. That's yeah, bad. You gotta, I, I you know I watch one and two, and because two is even better than one.
3: All right. I'm, so, I'm gotta, adding it to watch my watch, list. I'll do it for you, Mike.
10: This go. movie all takes place in Italy, too, and it's almost it's almost as good as Godfather 2. So, okay. okay. so I got to have a little bit of free time after the Badger's bowl game to uh, do something and it's actually been a while since I was in the theater and that was great. So, uh, in the meantime, I got to tell you, uh, um, you know, a week ago today or so in talking to Jordan love, you can just see it. There's, there's no genius. you don't have to watch three hours of tape or anything like that. The, the, the guy just keeps growing as a person, and as a quarterback each week. And, you know, Frankly, there's some of the press conferences we have with him when he's, you know, talking to us maybe on a Wednesday afternoon to pre-promote the game that they're going to play that week. Um, it's it's really hard to top the analysis of the guy that came in before him uh, because he's so good and so smart and so articulate. Mm-hmm. But it's it's just Jordan Love has been in Green Bay four years now and. I don't know what he's ever done anything wrong sure. for three years. He was silent and like a submarine, man, he, he just, he was there and doing the best job that he could, but, um, just confident, not cocky. Um, um, but you know, just keep trying Just Okay. Made a mistake today. See if we can fix it tomorrow or the day after that. And he just keeps coming. Then you talk to him now here in December and his breakdowns, of the games are so much better. Just really? talking football with them, yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. and you know, all I got, to, all I can think of is that when Goodenkin pulled the trigger and decided to draft this kid out of Utah State, Bakersfield, California High School, it's just you've got to see that in the personality. You've got to do that in your vetting. But the drive is there. He just keeps on coming. He keeps working at it. He improves all the time. I uh, tell you what, somebody else who knew it was Aaron Rodgers. You know, he he came back after missing all the OTAs, came to the mandatory mini camp, but about two weeks into what turned out to be his final training camp, started doing insane things that made it sound like yeah, this might be his last year, and uh, and, and, and in in a subtle way, mm-hmm. in a subtle way. So to see Jordan have the night that he did, I. The, the, as for the Vikings' defense, I have no idea what their corners were thinking. I, I mean, I was shocked how bad the play they were by their corners. I was shocked how how Jaden Reed is just, uh, how's this guy running around 30 yards downfield, crossing the back of the end zone with his hand up in the air? Mm-hmm. But the good news is that Jordan Love was supposed to looking down 85. Tucker Craft is tied in off to the right-hand side sees that there's a guy behind him and there's one that's covering him in front mm-hmm. and, and takes it, and even though he's under pressure, because Brian Floor is the defensive coordinator for the Vikings, he brought the pressure like he usually does. He kept on shooting number 40 right over the center, yep. right over, you know, Josh Myers. He takes that extra step and he can, looks back and now that he sees that, that number 11 jersey blur and, and he sees open real estate and flicks that ball and puts it right on the money. The Bull Melton touchdown. My God, he was just—he's wide open. He's just wide open, and and so that's at that point about halftime. I just tweeted out is it looked like for sure that they kept on going over number twenty one, Caleb Evans mm-hmm. was Collinswood talking about. Did Collinswood do the game?
3: So yes, I was at a bar, so I was watching on mute. Um, so I don't know exactly what they were hammering on the broadcast. All I know is that every time I looked up, Jordan Love was throwing off his back foot and delivering a ball to a different wide receiver who is wide open every single time. <laughs>
10: yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, and, and you know, they would line up a different array of guys over there on that side to where this number 21 Evans was, but they were just drilling him all night long. I, you know, so, so I obviously they've been watching the tape for the last three weeks and the Vikings, well, as I've said before, uh, to me, the number one story of this year in the NFC North, maybe even more than the Packers trade Aaron Rodgers to the Jets is that Kirk Cousins puts 24 points up on the Packers there in October and then goes down with a torn right Achilles tendon season ending the Vikings I think would have been the first place team certainly going back and forth with the Lions that physical Lions team as the leader of the the NFC North and yet the Vikings still were finding some ways to win some games, and mostly with their defense. Um, but then they, you know, they they win a weird three to nothing game because it's all defense against the Raiders. Now they've lost three in a row, and they just seem to be the wheels are coming off. Looks like a team that might be quitting or confused.
3: Well, part of that is you know I, I can't imagine that maybe some of the veterans or some of the guys in the prime of their careers were thrilled that you know a playoff shot is on the line, and we're starting Jaron Hall who I thought would do more. I guess I didn't know what to expect from Jaren Hall. and We could talk about him, and I want to talk about the Packers' defense in a second. Mike, I need you to help me understand how the Packers have the youngest offense in NFL history. Wide receivers are so young, and every other week, one of these wide receivers that's been really successful gets hurt, and another one just slides in, takes its place, and it's like Nothing. Right, like Watson goes down a couple weeks ago. Dontavian Wicks steps up. Oh, he's awesome. Then he's missed some time. All of a sudden, Bo Melton. I thought Bo Melton would just be out there as a warm body. They are targeting him. They're running things for him. How does this team have this many weapons that are good?
10: And they're all young. Well, to me, see, I have seen this happen over and over again. And even a guy maybe uh, with less talent and certainly speed, like an Alan Lazard, get his shot, make some spectacular catches, get banged around, have to rehab like you know, a, a crack or a quad injury or something like that, and, and within season, come back within three or four weeks and still regain. But to me, these guys, somehow they start figuring out on, on how to bulk up. I know Devontae Adams did. I, I know he, he, he became a friend of the weight room. Mm-hmm. And bigger shoulders, bigger biceps, bigger, bigger thighs, just to take this abuse, to look closer to, like, A.J. Dillon uh, and still maintain their speed and all that. And I've been talking to the guys about this, and some of it I've got on tape. I'm going to try and play some more of it with Christian Watson because, to me, I'm, I'm saying to him, like, don't you, don't you think you need to pull a little bit more on the upper body so every time you take yeah. one of these shots? Um, and he goes, I, I don't want to. I'm, you know, I'm 6'4", I'm 205 or whatever. That's really the weight that I want to keep it on because, you know, his signature is his speed. Mm -hmm. So then the next good thing is, well, then, you know, this team has got to be careful about where they put the football. So he's not dangling out there in the middle of the field and gets drilled that, you know, he's working the sidelines, catches the ball, can step out and protect his body. Romeo Dobbs said the same thing because that guy, I mean, he reminds me of the young Donald Driver. Who the ball's there, and he will dive for it, and he will grab it and hang on to it like it's a live hand grenade, and take whatever shots and helmet shots he's going to get in midair, bang on the turf, pop up, brush himself off, get back, you know, into the huddle. And Dobbs says he did not do anything that much more different, just that you know he had more of an offseason, that you know you're within the the you, you know you're using the Packers weight room not some weight room at college where you're trying to get ready for the combine and mini camps and that kind of thing. But Dobbs said the same thing. And I'm not going to change my body much in the off season just so I can endure, you know, 17 regular season games and maybe a post season. But I, I find that to be an interesting part for these guys. The other thing is, is just how Jaden Reed, you know, he's out there hurt. Yeah. Cause you know, it was a two, three weeks ago, maybe it was the bucks game. Uh, that I, we thought he had a broken toe.
3: Yeah, and looked, you, you made it sound like his season could be over, and I'm not saying that you were wrong, but everyone is like, it's bad, and he's out there yeah. playing again. Well.
10: Yeah, 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 and and yet last Wednesday, he's out there running around and getting some passes, and they were more than happy to show that to us, and and to me, it looked like he was in 80, 85% in terms of his speed and the cuts he was making, and just trying to, you know, as, as part of the rehab, get back on it and See if he can get over the pain. See how it feels the next day, and there he is, just on that turf um, tearing it up. That that when you're the first quarter, by the way, when you're in your U.S. Bank Stadium, it is so loud. Might yeah. be the loudest in the NFL, and that's what's tough for the offenses, especially guys that have never played in that loud of a stadium. Uh, the circumstances, and you practice all week, and you're working with hand signals and silent counts, and all those kinds of things to still. Not jump off sides to not have a false start to make sure that you see any kind of a change that Jordan's making at the at the line, but those are all things that Jordan Love now looks completely under control and can make adjustments. And the other thing is, you know, it's not like the Packers have played that many teams with outstanding quarterbacks. Correct. You know, and and they've gotten a break on a lot of these games, but. It's also the year of the backup quarterback, no matter who you are, whether you're the Eagles or the Cowboys, who your opponents are half the, half the time. Um, you know, there's 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 not, there's not a shortage of those guys in the NFL right now.
3: Well, and, I, like, I, I thought Jaron Hall would do something more than he did. Like, I, I thought there was a risk that he's going to run for, you know, 100 yards throughout the night. It's like he's going to get out of the pocket because they can't contain. Like, Rashawn Gary can't hold an edge and – it's not really Preston Smith's strong suit to play the run. So I, I was kind of assuming that Jaron Hall at home, I, I expected the Vikings defense to play way better. I just expect this game to go differently. I'll give Joe Barry credit in that. I, I like that he sent Keyshawn Nixon on a blitz, and I saw him send Quay Walker once or twice. I like getting Quay Walker involved all over the field. He's one of your better athletes. I, I think Joe Barry is still Joe Barry, but I'll give him credit for Sunday night. My frustration is more with guys like Campbell and Jair, it's like Jair, you've done nothing but be an oddball. And oh, Joe Barry, we got to run the plays that are called. Well, Corey Ballantyne doesn't have an issue. He's never played in the NFL before. He's out there. He's doing just fine. Isaiah McDuffie's out there doing just fine. I don't like that my veterans, my expensive veterans on defense are being outclassed and outmatured by guys with years and years less of experience and and, and a paycheck that's tiny by comparison. I hate that.
10: Yeah, in terms of Devondre Campbell, I was really impressed by I saw him. I mean, he was at the game. He's with with his teammates, and he, and he carried himself the way you want an injured veteran to be out there for those inside linebackers. He's in there talking to Isaiah McDuffie, who left the game with what looked like a you know helmet to helmet shot, some sort of a concussion type thing. It's hard to get the information um, uh, Sunday night. Uh, from the, the you know the Vikings' home crew, on exactly what some of these things were that players were leaving the field with. But whatever the case, um, as for the Vikings, you know they're they've got breakdowns going on with their offensive line, and it's guys that have started for, for them for a while, but they're suddenly you know uh, becoming turnstiles out there uh, that really helped out the Packers. They, they, they put Preston Smith right over their struggling left tackle, and. And he had a great night. Uh, In terms of Jair, I mean, all last week we tried to get some of the players to just sort of give us a feel as to what they thought was going on there. And most of those guys were just on defense were hiding. I mean, the guys that you really wanted to talk to, they just ducked out. And uh, I got to tell you, I'm surprised that they suspended him. Uh, for what we saw right there on the field in Carolina, running out for the toss and everything. But obviously this goes deeper, that he's just, he's not, he's not where he needs to be as the highest paid corner in the NFL as a leader. And to be taking this stuff, this stuff seriously, it's like, dude, eight or nine veterans left this team in the last year, year and a half. And, and so there isn't room for a class clown right now. We we have a need and an urgency for someone to act like a veteran secondary guy out there. You you don't have that luxury anymore. And you need to take this seriously at all times, even if it's just a bunch of cameras and you're just having some fun with the, the guys in the media. We're not there. We're not there. And, and again, when I see also, you know, I, I, I try to pay attention to what fans see and what their thoughts are.
9: Mm-hmm.
10: Uh, but, you know, I saw a lot of people saying in the first quarter of that game, well, clearly that the Packers are trying to tank this year so they can improve their draft picks. Or, geez, all these soft tissue injuries, it, it, clearly that they've got a bad training department that doesn't know how to get these guys back. Or, or one, one other one I saw. I mean, and it's just like, you know, myth, myth, and nonsense. It's yeah. just I, I'm telling you, when you watch Brian Gudekinst and Mark Murphy pound the desk if there's a bad call, or high five when they find Bo Melton wide open in the back of the end zone to score another touchdown. These guys want to win every minute of the day, every minute of the day. There's no there's no such thing as tanking. There's there's such a thing as rebuilding, mm-hmm. and they're do, clearly they've rebuilt, but they they want to get to into the playoffs just as bad as anybody else right now to get this team up and running and as fast as they can and to get to where they want to be because. It sells tickets. It keeps interest. It keeps ratings up. And most importantly, if you want to get any better, and you're trying to convince some free agents who's got offers from three different teams, mm-hmm. and ones in Miami and ones in Dallas and ones in little Green Bay, Wisconsin, if it if it helps, it looks like you're a good organization, and you got a you're, you've got a shorter distance to the Super Bowl than yeah. those other squads. Yeah. That's the one. That's how you're going to get guys to sign.
3: That's how you build good habits. It's how you take the, the right type of feeling and the right type of energy into the offseason. It's not just draft picks. You can't play these games on, on spreadsheets. I agree. Mike, have a safe journey back. I got to get my last break in. Travel safe along 94. If you need uh, any recommendations on what to do in Menominee, just shoot me a text, but I, I think your time there is going to be brief. Thanks for, uh, thanks for the time, Mike. I appreciate you. Happy New Year.
7: Happy New Year,
10: Grant. Thank you, Bob.
3: Mike Clemens, just as good in 2024, maybe even better than he was in 2023 and he was pretty darn good in 2023 safe travels back mike let's take our final break three minutes and we'll wrap up the wisco sports show next
2: this is the wisco sports show with grant bills on the wisconsin sports zone radio network (laughs)
3: Coast Sports Show. Last couple minutes, we appreciate Mike Clemens' mid-sojourn back to the Bay Motel in Green Bay, where he resides during football season. Still got a still got a couple hours. Sorry, Mike. Uh, let's see if he was in Menominee. That means he's going to travel down 94 until what exit is that? The Colfax exit, the one with private pleasures right there and shooters, the the sex it. Ah, has anyone ever called it that before? I'm coining that. That's what that exit is now. It's the sex It's it. Hop <laughs> on 29. Take that baby three or so odd hours and you're back in Green Bay. Just like that. The sex it. That's a good riff. I'm going to write that down. God, I'm funny. You guys got your money's worth today. Hell yeah. Safe travels, Mike. Tomorrow, I wanted to talk more about Jaden Reed and Bo Melton. And this, my God, this Packers wide receiving core. There's a lot about this season that does not surprise me. Like, it's not surprising to me that Jordan Love has progressed the way that he has. It's not surprising how the defense is kind of decayed and and worn down, but also had a good game. A lot of this is somewhat expectable. Them having like seven or eight wide receivers that have all had moments, that makes zero sense. I, I I need to sleep on that. We'll talk more about that tomorrow. Badgers, Hawkeyes tonight. That's where we'll start tomorrow night. I can't wait. Let's get a Frantrum. Let's get a McCaffrey freak out at the Cole Center. Enjoy the Badger game. I'll talk to you tomorrow at four.